When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is night two of Amber and Ian. We have made it, in to a second night. It was a little touch and go because you and I, we were in person at ESPN HQ last night, and we both discovered that we have big problems when it comes to the ESPN IT department. Neither of us sort of exist in the world no, of no. IT, like our, in our internal systems here at ESPN. And so we started wondering why. Why did we get paired together if neither of us sort of existed? And we were questioning, is there going to be a night two? Are we about to find some stuff out? Well, here we are, night two. Look at that. At least two. We've got at least two out Amber, of the game. Do we each have a red stapler? We've been, you know, just put in a basement. And some reason, you know, our direct deposit still comes in. But no one really knows why. <laughs> right. These My domain is locked. Right now. My domain, it says domain locked C administrator. That's, same with mine. When mine I try and log exact in. Same thing. When I try to log into the system, it says C administrator. I am telling you, there are so many bosses at ESPN because this is such a huge company. I am telling you, there are like 15 bosses here who each of them think the other one fired us and they just, <laughs> they haven't it's figured a miscommunication. It out yet. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> no, I thought you handled that. No, I thought you handled that. I thought you handled that. You and I are just skating by <laughs> and these microphones are still on. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We were just talking about Sean Payton's new approach, we'll call it, with Russell Wilson, where he has now told his quarterback to stop kissing babies, that his quarterback is not running for a political office. A little less focus there on Russell Wilson, Inc. We are taking your phone calls. The phone lines are always open here on Amber and Ian. We love when you join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is where we find Russ in D.C. Are we sure that this is Russ in D.C. and not Russ in Denver calling in to defend himself? Go ahead, Russ. It's not the alter ego. (laughs) So, so you know, I I, I totally get what Peyton's doing. I mean, after all, we had a quarterback about 12 years ago who was worried more about his brand instead of learning how to slide. But, you know, I I totally get it. But he didn't have to go public with it. And and that that should have been a conversation that he had with Russ. And, you know, quite honestly, it seems like, Peyton sort of reading his own press clippings when he didn't do, you know, as well as he probably should have or could have in, in, in New Orleans. Hold on a minute, Russ. Now, let me tell you something. As a, as a boot boy, he delivered a Lombardi to the New Orleans Saints. Now, my mom equated the just getting to the Super Bowl, beating Brett Favre in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Is, I'm not making this up. My mom was in tears. On, a, on, on the phone going, this is like the Berlin Wall coming down. She equated the Saints making a Super Bowl to one of the biggest global political moments of our lifetime. Now, so, now one might to, argue that, you know, the same thing for us. Maybe he deserves a little bit of that respect for bringing a Super Bowl, too. 
Right, but he didn't do it for Sean Payton. He did that in Seattle. And Sean, no. Sean treats everybody the same yet differently, if that makes sense. All the great coaches yeah. do. Everyone is treated fairly yet differently. And right now, uh, yeah. uh, I, th- I think, Russ, that Sean Payton is breaking down Russell Wilson to see how much he can handle. And when he does it publicly, he's not just sending Russell Wilson a message. He's sending that message to his entire team. And you go back and ask Drew Brees what it was like playing for Sean Payton early in his career, he rode his butt just as hard. I think Russ just felt the need to call in and defend all Russes, right? Like Russ in D.C., he's just standing up for all Russes. But in fairness, in fairness, what I will say about this situation with Sean Payton that drives me a little bit crazy, and for some weird reason I also find myself defending Russell Wilson, and I, again, know what the numbers looked like last season. But if Sean Payton didn't believe at all in Russell Wilson, he wouldn't have taken that job, right? I mean, it ain't like that was the only job available to him, Ian. And if he had no belief in that quarterback with the amount of money that that quarterback had locked up and committed to him before Sean Payton ever signed up to be part of that organization, Sean Payton does not go there. And so I have a hard time believing that he really thinks that Russell Wilson can't turn it around, that he really thinks Russell Wilson is too committed to his brand or his A-list celebrity lifestyle and not committed enough to football. I think this is his way of getting the best out of Russell Wilson, what Russell Wilson has left. To your point, he believes that this is the best way to get the best version of Russell Wilson, and that is break him down and build him back up. And I'm, 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 I am beyond fascinated to see how this whole thing plays out. Is Russell Wilson mentally tough enough to take the public ridicule? Like today, the latest one, in case you are just tuning in, Sean Payton saying Russell Russ needs to quit kissing babies and then quit worrying about Russell Wilson, Inc. because he's not running for public office. From his head coach. <laughs> Publicly letting us know that I that's mean, the advice. Year, the, uh, go back to right, months ago when he's talking about how Russell was entitled by everybody in the organization last year. And that bleep ain't going to happen on, on his watch. Everything changed. So that this to me, to your point, he believes he can get a phenomenal version out of Russell Wilson. And this is his way of making sure he's not a rock star quarterback. He's just a quarterback. I think it's a big question mark, though, whether it's about mental toughness. Because, I mean, we're talking about a dude who's been in the league for – he's been doing this thing for over a decade now at this point with Russell Wilson. And, again, yeah, but how often a guy, been, I would argue, already had a Hall of Fame career yeah, in Seattle. How, how often has he been ripped by a coach, though? I don't ever remember Pete Carroll ripping him like this. Uh, I don't. There might have been more internal ripping than we ever knew because they seemed all too happy to move on from him uh, no doubt. at the end there of the career for a quarterback who had won them a Super Bowl. But I wonder if it's more mental with Russ or if we're going to find out it is, in fact, physical. I mean, he's still on the right side of 35, but he seems like a very mid-30s quarterback stating it mildly, right? I wonder if it's the body breaking down. In other words, and if we're going to find out that it's not really any coaching that Sean Payton can do. Pat is calling us from Denver. Triple H, say ESPN. Hey, Pat, go ahead. Hey, um, I've been here for uh, over a decade. And normally this time of year on a Wednesday, people start wearing orange. But Sean Payton came in. They locked everything down like they needed to. Changed up a lot of stuff. But nothing's really opened up. The only thing I'm really hearing about is Sean Payton and his 
report outs to, you know, about Russell Wilson, about the staff, about predecessors. And, and then I've got CU with Deion Sanders. And the perception is there, everybody thinks that Deion's all about himself. But in reality, he's taking care of business behind the scenes. I'm really disappointed in Sean Payton treating adults, high-paid adults, like they're six-year-olds and talking about them out in public. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Thanks. I think, I think in terms of sort of the lack of what seems like enthusiasm, which is what I believe he was alluding to there in Denver, I mean, you're talking about a five-win Broncos team coming off of last season that wildly uh, under-exceeded expectations, right, and wildly disappointed. Well, that's when they so, made the playoffs. I, so I think you would be more reserved – in the enthusiasm around there in Denver. I can understand that. That's not Sean Payton's personality. That is Deion Sanders' personality. And it's not like Deion's doing everything behind the scenes. Are you kidding me with that? I mean, like Deion doing things only behind – he walked into the room going, I'm I'm carrying bags and and, and it's Louie. And all you guys pack yours and get the hell out of here. And he put it out on – and he had Colorado put that out on social media. That's not behind the scenes. Right. So – Although That's Sean Deion's Payton. personality. Sean Payton is, is much more businesslike. Although he so, had his moment. Remember going after Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, he had his big personality moment already oh, yeah. this offseason. Yeah, and he had, to, he had to walk that back big time. He puffed out his chest. He did walk it back, though. He walked it back. Crawfish Coming up next it, year on Amber and Ian, we will stick to your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. Keep them coming. We love when you join the conversation. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Lines are litty. Is that what the kids still say these days, Ian? You've got teenage daughters. Well, I go ask my kids. Yeah, (laughs) that's a better reference point than me. Triple H, say ESPN, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, the relationship amongst those two. It is rating on the phone line. Let's get back to your phone calls. Sam is calling us from Los Angeles. Hey, Sam, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about Tom Brady. I think when he was in 
New England, New England, at the end of the time, he demanded to bring in his own coaches and his own staff, and then Bill, Be- Bill Belichick didn't like that. That was part of the reason why he went out of there. And then when he went to when he went to Tampa, he was pretty much his own coach over there. Todd Bowles was nothing. He was running the whole team. It was his own show. Well, first, Sam, it wasn't Todd Bowles. It was Bruce Arians. Right, right. I mean, Bowles was there as a, as a coordinator, but on the, on the wrong on the side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball. Right, wrong side of the ball. And, and Bruce Arians, I, see, I never got that impression that Bruce Arians was a coach that Tom was coaching. Now, I don't think he was Bill either, right? Like, I feel like there was great deference and respect amongst those two, but Bruce Arians wasn't known as a pushover coach by No, any hell means. no. As a matter of fact, Bruce, Bruce called Tom Brady out a lot mm-hmm. in that Super Bowl run. I think I think he might have been thinking uh, uh, Leftwich because he was talking about Brady's coaches, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Oh, and I forgot about that whole thing with him wanting Leftwich. Yes, I that makes so. a lot more sense now with what that caller was alluding to. But in this situation with Peyton and Russell Wilson, I think when you're Sean Peyton and you're taking that job, right, you're coming in as the Sean Peyton, which is something that that didn't exist there with Nathaniel Hackett. At the same time, again, Russell Wilson's coming in to this role in Denver. Last season, it didn't go well, but he was coming into this role in Denver as an incredibly accomplished quarterback in the league. Both of these guys, in terms of resume, have reasons to respect each other. But now it's a matter of striking that balance. And I think Sean Payton here is is trying to instill that Bill Parcells, like, I am the coach. Nobody else is above anybody else in terms of player-wise mentality, let's grind. Yeah, but, in, but since he brought up Tampa, right, and Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, Bruce Arians had been to Super Bowls, right, as a coordinator and won. You know, he, and he'd been to NFC Championship games. Tom Brady had all the chips. He had six at the time. And Bruce Arians still would call him out publicly. And they, and they had a great working relationship. Everyone's like, oh, it's not going to work. Here's a rift and blah, blah, blah. No, it couldn't have been further from the truth. Those two had a remarkable relationship behind the scenes. But Bruce did not play favorites. You know, he, he, he would rip him publicly. He, Tom Brady got it as – I had, a, I had a, a Tampa Bay game against the Atlanta Falcons early uh, in, in, in the Super Bowl season for the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I asked B.A., how bad does 12 get it? He goes, as bad as anybody else. And he takes it. And he, and he wants to be coached hard. That's the great ones. That's the question with Russell Wilson. Does he want to be coached hard? Because that, that comment from Bruce Arians stuck with me, right? When everyone was like, oh, this, it's a rift and they don't like each other. B.S. Some guys, the great quarterbacks, the great athletes, want to be coached hard. And that's, the, and that's Sean Payton. That was Drew Brees. Does Russell Wilson embrace being coached that way? It worked the first season, though, obviously. They won the Super Bowl. But then after that, there were those rumors. Was that part of the reason that Bruce Arians ends up stepping aside as the head coach and going into some fluffy gig there with the front office? Remember, he was on on with me here, Amber, and he said if they don't want it, he would have come back for another Uh, run. I know. I I had him on as well. The reason that B.A. didn't was because – they did not go back-to-back. Back. Right. And that's the reason he wanted to have Todd Bowles set up to try and have as much success as possible. Triple Eight say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation. Our friend Mordecai in Raleigh is calling us. Hey, Mordecai, go ahead. Yeah, hey, y'all. How you doing? Yeah, I just wanted to put this out. You know, I don't think, um, I don't think Sean Payton would have put any criticism about Russell Wilson out into the public domain without 
speaking to Russell Wilson first. And um, I'm hearing I'm hearing today, you know, about this criticism, but I'm not hearing the possibility that Sean would have spoken to Russell first about it and then put it out into, into the uh, domain to kind of to kind of shake him up a little bit. And then lastly, I'd like to say that um, that I'm thinking Sean Payton probably talked to Pete Carroll about Russell as well and say, hey, Pete, you know, what do you think about this guy? You know, what, what, what can I do to, to kind of bring him around a little bit, so to speak? So uh, that's all I wanted to say. I think it's an interesting idea that Sean Payton would consult there with Pete Carroll because there's a lot made of what maybe that relationship looked like at the end with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And I I don't know how true that component of it would be. I do think Sean Payton is saying these things that he's saying publicly to us. He's saying them, of course, I would imagine behind the scenes to Russell Wilson as well. I don't know if that way, right. In a much firmer way. I don't know if that, completely negates the fact that he is saying it publicly as well, right? I mean, he could just say it privately and handle it like that. But there's some reason that he thinks that this is the way to apply pressure. Everything Sean Payton does is calculated. Absolutely. He's too experienced of a coach, not for it to be. And he's not calling Pete Carroll for a consultation on Russell Wilson. I don't think so at all. Hell no. Especially not that player. You don't need it. It's not like, I mean, it's not like it's some obscure guy that you need to talk to from a scouting perspective, right? David is calling us from Minneapolis. Hey, David, go ahead. Hey, good evening. Um, So the one thing I was thinking about, it was with with, um, Manning and Breeze, right? They didn't have the same social media presence that Russell Wilson does. And I think that sometimes, like as viewers, right, we have more direct access to his comments about things. And so I think at times, I wonder if coaches get really frustrated by having to have external, you know, stuff brought into their to their locker rooms and having to answer questions of reporters about things that the players put out there and that doesn't come directly through the team. I would, but I was also thinking about the fact that right, um, that Russell Wilson has this third-person persona of Mr. Unlimited and how that kind of stuff kind of wears in with fans and possibly with teammates where he just kind of more about himself than sometimes the team. I think from the social media angle of it that he brought up, Ian, I mean, part of that's just navigating the landscape. If you can't do that now as a coach, if you can't deal yeah, with out. that... Nick Saban deals with it. that and handles mm-hmm. it. Yeah, if you're, if you're a head coach at a, you know, a P5 school much less than the National Football League, you, you, this is something that you have had to adapt to. Mm-hmm. You know, when Sean Payton first became the head coach of the New Orleans Saints coming over from being the offensive coordinator at the Dallas Cowboys, he didn't have to deal with it. Now he does. They all do. And they have all adapted to it. So I don't think the social media part it plays a role in this. He just wants Russell Wilson to be the best version of Russ that he can be. And he and it... it not just seems, it is, with all the public comments going back months ago to the latest one, if you're just tuning in, Sean Payton is saying essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, Russ has to stop kissing babies and worrying about Russ Inc. He's not running for public office. That's a that's that's not a shot across the bow. That, that's a direct hit if you're playing Battleship, and that damn thing almost sank, right? So this is one where Russ, that Sean Payton believes this is the best way to get the best version of of Russell Wilson that he has left in the tank. And I can't wait to see if it actually pans out. We have to see if this is the way to reach 
Russell Wilson or if he's just feeding into that reputation that we know that at this point Russell Wilson has and whether it's earned or whether it's a little bit piled on because the truth is Russell Wilson is in the A-list world I mean he is married to Sierra he has accomplished what he's accomplished in the league he has become a superstar he did do all of that he did earn all of that and so is that he is a bit cheesy asking his teammates say run pass I mean I guess (laughs) I guess Yes, listen, it wasn't cheesy when he was winning in Seattle, and now all of a sudden it's cheesy, right? It wasn't Russ Inc. when he was – there was no problem with Russ Inc. when he was winning in Seattle. Nobody was complaining about this when he was winning Super Bowls. All of a sudden, everybody is. Coming up next, though, we are going to move on from this conversation. Lewis Riddick is going to tell us the latest on the Chris Jones holdout. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. ESPN's Adam Schefter's reporting. Bosa's agreed to a five-year, $170 million extension, including $122 million guaranteed. It makes Bosa the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. And the two sides get the deal done in time for Bosa to report and play Sunday in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. It was a hell of a bonus to just get told that coming in here, so we're obviously real excited about it. Football is back in about 24 hours, kids, with Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance. And joining us right now, one of the best in the business, um, our guy, Lewis Riddick, returns here to ESPN Radio. And Lewis, let's begin with the news of the night. Uh, Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually wealthier than Close. Joey Bosa, right? <laughs> How about that? He's got, the richer brother. Right, he's got the big contract. He's no longer little bro, he's big bro. Your reaction to the magnitude of this deal for San Francisco and Bosa? Well, yeah, about $170 million contract. And yeah, Joey, has, Joey's his only, um, well, like, well, let's just put it this way. 
Uh, we're, we'd like to talk about guaranteed money. $122.5 million guaranteed as opposed to Joey, who got $102 million. I think the family's set. I think they're okay, uh, number one. All right? Number two, look, look what, what Nick has done over the past three years, I mean, he has 34 sacks in 35 games. So, I mean, his production has been off the charts. I mean, he is delivering over and over again, led the league in sacks last year. Uh, really, you, you ask any offensive tackle in the NFL, who's the guy that you fear the most game on the line? And it's his, it, it's, it's Nick because of his combination of power and speed. And the thing about it is, right, so contracts are supposed to really resist, uh, represent future performance projection and not just what you've done in the past, although what he's done in the past is worthy of what he's getting paid now. This guy's, I mean, he's still, he's still getting better and getting better. So it really was, I mean, he was in a, very, very, very good position as far as asking for this deal, and um, you knew that it was going to get to a, it was going to come to a point where he was basically going to tell John Lynch, the general manager, "Look, make me the highest paid defender in the NFL, or you won't see me." And that's what it was. NFL insider Lewis Riddick joining us, and Lewis Nick Bosa, not the only big named holdout though. As we head into the season, Chris Jones still a holdout for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, how does now this Nick Bosa contract impact the negotiations between the Chiefs and Chris Jones? Well, look, I think when you're Chris Jones and you say to the Chiefs, "Hey, look, not only am I a defensive tackle, I'm one of the most dominant interior." Uh, defensive line players in the NFL. You also use me at defensive end. And honestly, that is something that Chris has wanted to play in recent years because of the fact that, one, he can, and two, he understands the kind of money that edge players are getting. And I think now, given the fact that they use him in both spots, he's as productive as he is. He is as targeted as he is in terms of double team rates that he faces on a down-in and down-out basis, uh, week in and week out, I think he right now probably has dug his heels in even further as far as whatever it is that he is asking for uh, on a guaranteed money basis and on an overall contract value basis. And if you're the Chiefs, you were probably trying to get this deal done before Nick Bosa got his deal done because now, if you're Chris Jones, probably the price is just going up. So if you're the Chiefs and you've been in a lot of NFL front offices for a lot of years, what would you, if, if, you're, the, if you're right now calling the shots in Kansas City, what would you do with this? Yeah, look, I think every contract negotiation and agreement ultimately comes down to neither side really being happy, but being okay with where you arrived as far as fair value is concerned. So I think if you're the Chiefs, you're probably going to have to have drawn a line in the sand, so to speak, but then you're probably going to you know, be thinking, well, we're going to have to go ahead and scrub that line and kind of make a new line because the price is obviously going up. Players look at what other players are making, and right now he just got a new comparable in terms of his contract negotiation. But like I said, the Chiefs can't really be happy about. you know, So... I think if you're them, you're probably going back to the drawing board and saying, hey, look, we understand the business of the NFL. We understand that maybe the price has gone up. And you, and you probably had that plan for this, given that you know that the, that the 49ers were negotiating with Nick at the same time. And it just really becomes a matter of, you know, what exactly is your breaking point? What is your absolute drop-dead point where you say, okay, that's it. We're not going any further. And have you already reached that point? Um, 
We've seen them do it before with other players, you know, another player in particular, namely Tyreek Hill. Yep. But I, I have a feeling that this one is going to get done. I hope it's going to get done because what they, I mean, Brett Veach, the general manager, knows. Not only are they missing Chris right now, obviously, for tomorrow night, unless something changes here at the 11th hour and 59th minute, but they're going to be missing Charles Omenahu, too, who they signed as an unrestricted prison from San Francisco. And those two were supposed to be like a tag team that was going to just wreck havoc in the ASC. And now they, you know, they're looking at potentially not having either one of them. So that is a problem. So if you're Brett Beach, you're kind of up against it right now. Let's get into tomorrow night. The real action is finally here. Travis Kelsey, though, probably not expected to go, Lewis. What are you most excited to watch here in our first real NFL action? Yeah, I think for Detroit, it's you want to see Jared Goff continue to build off of last year. What was a fantastic year for him uh, under the tutelage of OC Ben Johnson? You want to see this offensive line continue for Detroit to play solid, solid football. I believe it's a top five offensive line. I want to see them unveil Jameer Gibbs and exactly how they're going to use him. You know, I have compared him to a young Marshall Falk who had an absolute Ooh. just rip roaring rookie season when he was with the Colts. Had like what eighteen hundred yards from scrimmage, I believe double-digit touchdown, so I mean, I know where I'm comparing Jameer Gibbs to a Hall of Famer, but I expect him to be a guy who is just a lethal weapon for them. And defensively, I expect him to be improved just like they were and, and play good ball under Aaron Glenn like they did at the end of the year last year. And I expect them really to contend for the, for the upset going down in Kansas City. In, in KC, look, it's going to be the Patrick Mahomes show. You, you, if there's one guy who can kind of make up for even a guy of Travis Kelsey's caliber, and he is Travis Kelsey's, you know, I mean, Travis is, is his number one security blanket and number one option in all crucial situations, then you know it's Patrick can make up for it. And Patrick will elevate the game of everyone else around him, and they'll have to. Kadarius Tony's going to have to be huge for them tomorrow. Huge. And he has, he's been out with a knee injury. He's going to have to be huge. Um, you know, the rookies are going to have to be huge down there. Rasheed Rice is going to have to play big. Justin Ross is going to have to play big. Guys like Noah Gray have to play big. Pacheco's going to have to run the ball like he's never run it. And the defense is going to have to play tight coverage in the back end and come up with some turnovers because, and probably have to cover a little bit longer than maybe they anticipated without their two best pass rushers. What does it add up to? It adds up to Patrick Mahomes having to be the half-billion-dollar uh, half quarterback to make up for all these deficiencies and for, for Detroit. What a hell of a way to kick off the season mm. uh, with a bang, the same way they ended it with a bang, with the way they uh, disposed of the Packers at the end of last year. Well, as we turn you loose, I, I can't wait to get your reaction to this one. Caleb Williams, yeah. Heisman Trophy winner, USC, his dad, Carl Williams, said in a recent interview for GQ, quote, the funky thing about the NFL draft process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. The system is completely backwards. The way that system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league because of their desire for parity gets the first pick. So it's the gift and the curse. And he's all—he's basically saying he's talked to Archie Manning, Lincoln Riley, and he said, quote, Kyler struggled because of where he was drafted. Baker struggled mightily because of where he was drafted. The organizations matter. Hinting that if basically Arizona says you're our number one overall pick, if they have the number one overall pick, Caleb might not be going there. Your reaction to what Carl Williams had to say to GQ Magazine? Uh, oh, boy. Hold on to your rear end. That's what. <laughs> and, look, if you, if you think about 
you know, Caleb Williams and what his situation is at USC, I don't think this is really a situation that is going to be um, altered by him potentially, you know, by the kind of money that he would lose by not coming out, given the kind of money these young men are getting paid through NIL deals. So I think he has more than likely the financial security to go ahead and go back to college for another year. Sure, he's going to be missing out on what the number one overall pick would get in terms of a fully guaranteed contract. And, yeah, we understand that that's not going to be, you know, equal to the amount. That, that is much more than what he would be getting through NIL, to my knowledge, anyway. Absolutely. But I think for him, he's looking at the big picture. He's looking at the long term, and he's looking at, as he just stated, how quarterbacks are affected by poor organizational structure and support uh, on and off the field. And he just doesn't want his son subjected to that. And his son probably doesn't want to be subjected to that. And could you blame him? So I think this is going to be one to monitor as, you know, the talk heats up that Arizona is, is tanking in order to get him. And you know what? If you're, if you're an Arizona fan and if you're inside the Arizona Cardinals organization, and I'm not saying that's what they're doing or not, but if you were thinking along those lines, then, wow, I guess, you know, you got to continue to execute whatever strategy you have for 2023 and let the chips fall where they, may, well, where they may as far as what Caleb decides to do. But I think in this situation, because of how NIL has changed the landscape for premium college players, I don't think this is something you can take lightly and something that you should dismiss at all. He's one of the best college analysts we've got. He's one of the best NFL evaluators we've got. Lewis Riddick rocks a three-piece suit better than anybody. We appreciate your time here on a uh, well on, on on NFL Eve. It's like Christmas Eve for us here, Smooth Lou. Thanks for your time as always here on ESPN Radio. Of course, Lou. Thanks. Uh, my pleasure, man. It's Lewis Riddick joining us here on ESPN Radio. Let's get to your phone calls. If Caleb Williams was your son, what would you do? Do you agree with his dad, or do you go and compete? like Joe Burrow did in Cincinnati. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. With Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Ian, the Caleb Williams situation has gotten a little interesting because he's all the talk of the town, right? He is the bell of the ball. 
even though we're through one week of the college football season, everyone expects that he's going to be the number one pick, that all these NFL teams are going to be interested in him. Well, maybe Caleb Williams isn't actually going to be interested in them because his father had some interesting things to say. Carl Williams said, quote, the funky thing about the NFL draft process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. He told this to GQ in a recent interview. Carl Williams, Caleb Williams' father, went on to say, the system is completely backwards. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league because of their desire for parity gets the first pick. So it's the gift and the curse. Then he goes on to mention some interesting names, with this interview to GQ. He goes on to say that he's talked to Lincoln Riley. He mentions Kyler Murray by name. He says, I've talked to Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray struggled because of where he was drafted. Baker Mayfield struggled mightily because of where he was drafted. The organizations matter. What do you make of these comments from Caleb Williams' father? Uh, well, first of all, let me ask you this. If you're, if you, you have a son, mm-hmm. I've got two kids, two daughters. If you're the parent here, if you're Carl Williams, what would you do if, if the Arizona Cardinals, as bad as that organization is right now, what would you do if, that, if this was your son? I, I would tell him to be the number one pick. I, I think the conversation is silly yep. when you're talking you. about going anywhere outside of where you can go ahead and obtain. When it's in your hand, you take it. And the reason you take it is because, first of all, you don't know what – being the fifth pick or the seventh pick or the 10th pick or, or any of it is going to. Or if you come back for another year at SC, Amber. Or if you come back. You risk injury. You risk a lot of things. You could also risk sucking, Ian, because I'm not sure that that's considered yeah, enough, right? <laughs> you, you can risk getting Wally Pitt. You could risk somebody else coming in in college football. I'm not talking about on your team losing your starting position. Somebody else shining and outshining you. And all of a sudden, you're no longer the bell of the ball because somebody else is the bell of the ball. There's a lot of factors when it's there. My advice to my kid would be take it, capitalize on the opportunities when they are in front of you. Now, if you have other reasons for wanting to stay in school beyond just me being scared of being drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, but the truth is if you're a very good player, you're not going to the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs don't need a quarterback. Yeah, this is a fascinating conversation to me because there's two trains of thought. You can go the Eli Manning, Archie Manning, right, route where I'm not going to play for the Spanos family. It ain't going to happen, and they force their way to New York, and Phillip Rivers ends up a charger. You also have John Elway going, hey, Baltimore, I'm, I look good in pinstripes. It's slimming, right? So I'm, I'm gonna be a, I'll go be a New York Yankee. I don't have to play football. I'm going to be a first-round draft pick by the Yanks, right? So I don't need you. And he forces his way to not be drafted by Baltimore, and, and then the Colts. Ends up obviously winning two Super Bowls with the with the Denver Broncos. Then you have the other side, Troy Aikman out of UCLA, got his brains beaten in, knowing the Cowboys were by far the worst team in the league. How they won a game that year was amazing. They go one in fifteen, and oh by the way, where's Troy now? Canton, mm-hmm. three Lombardies. You know how about Joe Burrow? People saying, well, he might not go play for Cincinnati, and that was Amen. a dumpster fire with Joe Burrow coming out of LSU. What did he say? Well, I'm going to put it out, and guess what? I'm going to lead this team to a Super Bowl. And he did. So I'm with you. I'm with the Troy Aikman-Joe Burrow camp, where if I'm number one overall, one, I'm getting that bag as big as it gets, 
immediately. And two, I'm going to go and turn an organization around. I'm, I'm, you and I, I thought you'd go the other way. You and I are in step on this one, Amber, 100%. The bag, because also it's guaranteed, right? There comes with some guarantees, particularly there under that rookie contract. It's very structured. And if you're the yep. number one overall pick, it means more money in your bank account. And so because of that, you take the bag in hand. When you're coming back to college and you're counting on NIL, there's a lot of question marks. He's making now about I, $3 million right now in NIL. And there's the thing. I do think NIL changes the conversation to some extent. Again, if there's other reasons you want to come back to college, you feel like you're having a, a, you know, just a heck of a time, you really want that degree, educate, whatever it is. But also, you have the opportunity to finish those things later in life as well. If you're talking about getting drafted in the NFL as the number one overall pick, you're going to end up making more money in the NFL if it pans out than you will during those NIL years because we're talking about such a monster position of being drafted. There are other players on that field that may make more in college than they ever end up making in their NFL careers. If you're the number one overall pick, that's not what you're hoping for. You're hoping for the career that it turned into for Joe Burrow. But here's the thing. This is the main problem that I have with the advice of, hey, go back to school, right? Because, yes. Great. I mean, he's getting paid now in school. So, like, it does make it easier in the world of NIL. But what would happen if Joe Burrow had come, had gone back? Well, I mean, it, obviously not a possibility for him because you were talking about a player yeah, who used up all of his eligibility right. in college. But if he had eligibility left, like, the next year he's just drafted by another bad team, right? I mean, where is the team, in other words, that drafts number one that is good? We're seeing it right now with the Panthers. At least with the Bears trading the pick to the Panthers, you thought, okay, well, that's a slightly better position than a lot of number one picks find themselves in. And it's already, and you saw what it looked like in the preseason, right? I, I mean, absolutely getting trucked even in that situation. So, there's nothing to say that if Caleb Williams goes back to avoid Arizona, that the next organization is going to be so much better than the Arizona Cardinals if they end up with the number one pick. Wesley in Utah. Wesley, what do you think? There's a couple of different points. Sorry, I just heard the ding. There's a couple of different points that you guys are making, and all of them I don't understand. I grew up paying a lot of attention to European soccer, and I've never understood American sports. So there's two real things that I want to kind of ask and point out. I've never understood penalizing people who are the best. And I've also never understood having two ways of trying to create parity. One way, every team has a salary cap that they have to work within. So let every team make an offer of what they believe that person is worth. And like you said, Kansas City is not going to go after him. They have their quarterback. You know, uh, the Chargers are not going to go after him. They have their quarterback. But let teams like New England, who have had a good culture, put together a package for him and say, hey, we'll offer you this. Let teams like the Dolphins, let teams like Arizona, let them make all the offers to everybody that they want. And whoever, wherever people go to pick to play, that's where they go to pick to play. Wesley, that's a phenomenal thought, but that has about as much chance of happening in the NFL when it comes to the draft, as four supermodels walking in my front door saying, man, you look good. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Ian Fitzsimmons. It could Just happen. Saying. Here's the hoping for you. I mean, you're talking about obliterating the entire NFL draft process. And, it, and, and that's obviously very unrealistic over here in the NFL. More of your calls on Caleb Williams. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Your call's coming up next.